This is Silas. This is Yoda Rock of Centricae and Necrobats. And you are listening to Below the Surface. Yo, it's your boy Dave Morris from Hip Hop Vinyl Spinners Nation. Here to let you know I never miss an episode of the Below the Surface podcast. Deep cuts and deeper conversation. My man Dirtbag Johnny and the crew always getting it in. Let's do it. Yo, it's your boy Dom Dingo, a.k.a. King Dom, and you're listening to the Below the Surface podcast. Yo, 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 this is Dylan Medina from Sacramento, California, and you're checking out Below the Surface podcast. Peace. Get down, baby, yeah. This is your boy, Rick James, and you're listening to Below the Surface podcast. And this episode's entitled, Cold-Blooded, a story about my life, Rick James. So enjoy, sit back and listen to the host the filthiest motherfucker I know, Dirtbag Johnny, and DJ Rick Rock, as they talk about my life. I'm Rick James, bitch. It's a celebration, bitches. Listen here, people. This is Rick. And when I ain't doing lines of coke and slapping the shit out of bitches with little titties, I'm sitting back listening to that motherfucking Dirtbag Johnny on the Below the Surface pod. And he got the nerve to have some other motherfucker with him named Rick. It ain't but one Rick. And that's me, Rick James, bitch. Now get on over here and listen to the pod. Hello there, bitches. This is Rick James. And you're listening to the Below the Surface podcast. Drink, be merry. Enjoy yourself. You are now listening to Below the Surface podcast.
Below the surface, what's up, y'all? Below the surface. I'm DJ Rick Rock. Dirtbag Johnny in the building. We in here. What's up, y'all? What up, dude? So this is an interesting show we're going to do today. Oh, yeah. I'm super excited. Yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of homework. It's a lot of shit I found out I didn't even know. Yeah, we've been finding out, and we're still finding out more shit. Right. So it's, it's going to be a lot of shit we're going to talk about today. Uh, yeah. Um... Yeah, man, thanks. I want to just shout out before we start to my boy, uh, what's his name? Marcus Austin, I believe his name is. I don't want to fuck his name up and make sure. Yeah, Marcus Austin. Super cool cat, man. He's a DJ as well. Uh, spins vinyl. He's from Hip Hop Vinyl Spinners. Uh, he did an intro for the show for us. Oh, cool. Shouts out. What's up? Yeah, he did a little Rick James. Yeah. Little Rick James. Yeah, so. Cool. I can't wait to hear that beginning of the show. Uh, yeah, we've, who, we've been getting uh, asking people to give us intros saying Rick James shouts yeah, yeah. out. And uh, we hope, hey, you can still send send out some more uh, drops if you want, whatever yeah, yeah. you want. Just hit us up, hit us up on the, on the link. Yep, on the anchor, anchorfm.com. The app you get the app or go online and leave us a message on below the surface. Well, you'll see the links we post up for Anchor, uh, Spotify, right. Apple, Apple. Yeah, so that's right, that's right. What's uh, up. Yeah, man. Uh, let's get started, man. Yeah, Rick, Rick James. Rick James, bitch. <laughs> Rick James. I'm gonna do, do the yeah. yeah. You give get him, to give the, him the intro. The juicy part. <laughs> All right. His real name is James Ambrose Johnson Jr. Right. All right. Um, known as Rick James. All right, so he's out of Buffalo, New York. Um, he came out from the projects. His mama, mama was involved with um, gambling with the Italian mafia. Running numbers. Running numbers. Yeah. And uh, you know he was he was a wild one. He was a wild ass spirit. That's to summarize Rick James. He's a wild ass spirit. Right. Um, he started into uh, drugs and burglary and, and car theft. You know, car theft when he was 13, I 13, believe. 13, yeah. yeah. So he was already getting into shit. And he and, and at that age, he was already getting into uh, music as well and shit. Right. His mom used to take him to nightclubs and shit when he was little. Yeah. Uh, I guess like when she was doing the numbs, she would just take him to random nightclubs right, to watch Right, 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 right. To go, yeah, to go uh, do the, the right. numbers and shit. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it was jumping like that. Right. So, getting into that, he was already, uh, he started learning about music, got into music, all right? So, according to this source I got from Wikipedia, it talks about how he got to the Navy to avoid being drafted in the Army in 1964. Right. Vietnam. Lied about his age. Lied about his age, because he got in at, at 15, 16 years right, old. Right, All right? So... This motherfucker, <laughs> he did, he did a dodge. Well, see, but what he did led led to where he he got to with Motown and Barry Gordy, right? All right, because he he fucked around and got into Toronto, Canada, deserted to Toronto, Canada, right, right. All right, and then got with um, and formed the the Minor Birds with Jody Mitchell and um, Neil Young. Neil Young, right. So that's how all that kicked off. Right. And that's how he got with Barry Gordy and, and uh, got into uh, working with Motown, working right. for Motown. I think he's done stuff for the Spinners and the Miracles. So he's done songwriting. Right. You know, besides performing and 
all the wild antics. We're about to talk about this crazy motherfucker, man. He's a wild oh, dude. Oh my god. But that's just like the the the, the sketch of it. I mean, the, the gist of it for the beginning. Right. Um, he did do a one year prison term for desertion. Right. And then after that, um, he he got he moved out to California and uh, started a variety of uh, funk and rock groups. So his flavor himself is that that glam rock, yeah. funkadelic, because he punk, 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 punk yep. style. Yeah. So you know the flair, the hair, everything. You know what I mean? It was it was the it was pyrotechnics all... on stage, which I'm right. talking about as well. It, it's kind of like a. a, a like if you would see Kiss and Parliament, that's where together. he got it from. He got a lot of his pyrotechnics. He had a guy named Pyro John, no that shit. would do all the pyros, pyrotechnics for him, explosions and shit like that. Yeah. And the reason he did that is because he was a fan of Kiss. Like he seen how Kiss was doing. He's like, oh. right. So like, comparing uh, Rick James with like Bootsy Collins, Parliament, right. you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix, you know. Um, that flair, that you right. know, that pizzazz. Yeah, <laughs> uh huh. The, they want to stand out, right? You know. Yeah, um, I was, cause they, you know, they him and the Stone City Band they used to pour uh, glitter on them and shit. Yeah. Before the shows, well, that was like a a good thing for interviews, cause you know they would look like they would be sparkling and shit when they'd be doing interviews. Right. The bad thing is a lot of they got a lot of death threats from uh, boyfriends from the chicks. Because they would find glitter on their women in parts that, you know, they shouldn't be glitter at. <laughs> so, yeah. What is that there? Yeah. <gasps> yeah, so they were getting, like, a lot of boyfriends were threatening them. And, uh, Shit, that's Rick so, James. Yeah. I'm Rick James. Yeah. It's Rick James. Right. Shit, I put glitter anywhere, motherfucker. Right, right. He was a wild, <laughs> a wild cat, man. He, he was a wild cat, man. Hell yeah. So... Associated Acts, we talked about the Minor Birds, that was his right. early years. Yep. Stone City Band, which was the name of the projects he came out of. Right. He created this band in 1977 with some uh, a high school a buddy and uh, some other members. Uh, Barry Gordy um, was involved in getting these people as opposed to using uh, the Motown House Band. Oh, you know? okay. You know, because they had, they had other That was a good damn too. band, dude. They had a... A whole drum and percussion section, mm -hmm. the horn section, um, keys, and then, you know, dude, the list goes on. These dudes, they, they were badass, bro. Right. So, also, the Mary Jane Girls. Right. They came out of L.A., formed in 1980. They had two albums. Uh, they have a couple hits. I'll right. talk more about that. We're going to play a song from them. Uh, Maybe not. Okay, because we got a lot of shit. Lot it, of he produced uh, that song with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, party, party all the time. time. Yeah. So yeah, so they were they were hanging out, and I guess they got snowed in wherever they were at. Uh -huh. So you know, uh, Eddie Murphy used to get in the studio and, and do like pretend like he was singing and shit, fucking around, acting like he was Rick James, put yeah. a wig on and shit, <laughs> singing all these tunes. So Rick James is like, fuck it, you know, get in the booth. Do the same shit. He goes, We're gonna, I'm going to produce a track for you. So while they were snowed in, they made that song, man. So a video I was watching about Stone City, man, how they talked about Rick James. was like his. he was very professional about his music. Right. Um, 
and he was very fast at coming up with music. Yeah. He put he put he put out a lot of music like real fast. So I could see what you're coming from when you're talking about right. Yeah, that you touch, know. man, where he would yeah blow somebody up. Yeah, he it was just something about him all the way around, you know. But damn, <laughs> the stories. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you what do you got? Well, oh, so speaking of the Mary Jane girls. Um, oh, okay. They came out. He was already, um, you know, prepping them and shit to come out. And before he could do so, uh, Prince came out with Vanity Six. Yeah. Um, first. So, I don't know if he was biting off. These dudes used to compete. Yeah, they opened up for each other. Right. Um, so, yeah, when he came out with Vanity Six, that's when the Mary Jane girls came <coughs> out. Mm -hmm. And then Prince is like, fuck it, I'm going to put my guys on the time. The time, yeah. And then... Uh, Rick James put out this group, uh, a guy band called Process and the Do Rags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Process and the Do Rags. Right, right. So it was kind of like they were like they Prince was making Rick James work hard like a motherfucker, man. <laughs> because what happened was Prince was on tour with the Rolling Stones. You ever heard about that story? How you know they're at this the Woodstock type thing, and the Rolling Stones they're the main act, and then they're doing sound check, and here comes Prince and shit, fucking trench coat on. Legs all out, fucking probably underwear on and shit. Yeah. And all these bikers and shit. Like, what the fuck? So they started throwing soda, beers and shit at Prince. Yeah. Weren't having it, so the Stones dropped his ass, you know what I mean? Yeah, he was too, um, too fun. Boy. And that's when Rick James started noticing, you know, he was bringing all, like, the white crowd and shit. He's like, oh, we got to get this little motherfucker on, uh, you know, the show. Yeah. Open up with us. So every night, you know, Prince would open up for Rick James and fucking go in. Yeah. And then, according to the Stone City Band, they were like, shit, man, we used to whoop that dude's ass every night. We would put in, he's like, we would blow his ass out the water every night, you know? Yeah. Rick James, he got the fucking pyrotechnics and everything like that. Right, right, right. So, yeah, they kind of, like, fed off of each other and, at the same time, beefed a little bit. Like, Prince would be watching Rick James when he was on show. Oh, it was bad competition between Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of that shit that was happening... When he came out with the Eddie Murphy track, Prince was already coming out with Purple Rain. Right. And right. Yeah, there's so much going on. I'm telling you. <coughs> so, right. Um, I'll tell you something I know. So while they were touring, right, yeah. or something happened, these motherfuckers, Rick James and his boy took Prince's uh, equipment and took his shit to do an album with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And gave the motherfucking shit yeah, back. Yeah, and they left a thank you note. Yeah. And said, Thanks for the equipment. What song was it, though? I don't know. I forgot, man. Um, I forgot what video. I watched, listened to so many videos about that motherfucker. He's crazy. Right. Yeah, and then um, James just, oh, this little article I was reading, I, was, I heard about it. I just wanted to find a real story about it. James also talked about Prince stealing his stage moves, like flipping the mic, putting his hand to his ear, and he did call outs to fans. There was even a signature funk sign. Others informed him Prince was copying his style. Yeah, still each other's thunder. Yeah. So they had a confrontation about it and bad blood between their respective bands. James said Prince agreed to curb the move stealing, but that didn't happen. Things escalated at a birthday party for James when he said Prince and his band crashed it and made him go off. He said, I went, and I went to his table, grabbed him by the back of his hair, and poured cognac down his throat. He spat it out and started crying like a baby. <laughs> and then he laughed. 
other some or other other sore points were claims for that James that Prince stole his idea for a girl group called Vanity Six. Yeah. James casually mentioned that Prince's manager about the Mary Jane girls. The next thing you know, the purple one beat him to it. Their competition continued with Eddie Murphy when he chose to uh, work with James over Prince for his party all the time single. Yeah. Per James said the latter made him uncomfortable. So yeah, man, these dudes were always competing and shit. But that's crazy that he grabbed Prince like that. And boy, <laughs> I heard about well, that. Well, Prince is like, what? He was he like, like four, four nine, nine, two or some shit. Right, to 110 pounds wet. Right. And mean, then you got these seven foot tall fucking crazy motherfuckers. <laughs> Rick James is wild, bro. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, So I brought a couple records and stuff to play. We'll play a couple tracks. Yeah, I'll add that Eddie Murphy track in there. Fuck it. Some Mary Jane girls, too. Why not? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Rick James, dude. I'm Rick James, bitch. He also, he also worked with Tina Marie. Tina Marie, yeah. On the Gordy label. Um, he worked, and, and Smokey Robinson. What, what was that? Fire and Desire or something? Yeah, like Fire that? and Desire. Yeah. And they were, yes. they were lovers at one time, too. Him and Tina Marie. Right. But they were like so complete opposite and shit, man. They just remained friends and, you know, just kept it music yep. based or whatever. You know, Rick James was crazy. He was a crazy motherfucker, dude. Drugs, so, prostitutes. 1985 was his appearance on a TV show, The A Team. The A Team. We yeah. were just talking about that. Rick James was in The A Team. And how that video, uh, Glow, which is from the movie. Barry Gordy made Yeah, yeah. So let's talk journey. about that a little bit. Okay, we'll, you want to talk about that right now? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it and then we'll play some music. So, okay, yeah, go ahead. According to the story we heard, I did not know, The Last Dragon, which is a Barry Gordy film, um, it had uh, the story of Bruce Leroy. Yep. And uh, Show Enough. Show Enough! Right. <laughs> so the whole thing, the whole conspiracy about it was that Barry Gordy wanted to put Rick James in the movie. Show and Rick, Rick James wanted to play Show Yeah. Could you imagine that shit? That would have been great. Oh, my God. Oh, people would have been buying that still to oh, this day. So I would still watch it right now. Rick yeah. James is Show But the whole thing was, is he tried to say Prince didn't want Rick James to have nothing to do with it because Vanity Six, he owned all the rights to her music and her name and her yeah. likeness and all that. Right. And Vanity Six is in the movie. Right. So. And is it, was she a singer or like a host on the movie? She was a host. She yeah, to a, like a dance yeah. show or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, what was it called? Seventh Heaven or some shit? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so that. Oh, that fucking movie's crazy. So it could, um, you could only imagine as Rick James is showing up, man. Cause showing oh, up, that would have been great, oh, man. Yeah, man. I don't even care if his acting is terrible. I'm showing up, bitches. <laughs> right. Kiss my, kiss my boots. <laughs> he would have tried to make him say, "I'm not showing. Up. I'm Rick James." Right, right. <laughs> so the whole okay. So then he wasn't in the movie, right? Um, he was talking about uh, doing the song, the song that Willie Hutch did, "The Glow," right? Glow. Okay. Then he said, that's when Rick James came out with the song, Glow. Glow. But he took too long with it, and he was all fucked up. up. Yeah, on all these drugs, so they didn't use they the song. All that cocaine. And they showed it. Yeah. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, but cocaine. they showed uh, the album cover of Glow, where he had the little glowing ball the of light. Glow, yeah, hand. just like the movie cover. And on the movie cover, yeah, yeah. Uh, old boy the, had the little glow in his The hand. glow, yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy, man. I could only imagine that shit. 
And we'll get more into the uh, Mr. T. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about debacle the after that, man. <laughs> Let's go ahead and play some Rick All James. Right. Below the surface, Below Rick the surface. James, bitches. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs>
below the surface. What up? We back. We're we back, back, bitches. <laughs> Celebration. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, we played a little bit off his first album. Come and get it. Right. Yeah, Rick James and Stone City Band. That's the record I was telling you about. It's his first record. He actually went to the mafia that his uh, or his the mob connections I think his mom had, and he yeah. he asked a favor to help him put that record out. So that's how that record came out. We played this song, uh, Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Oh, Guess what he's talking about, right? So there was a story where a cop knocked on Rick, Rick James's tour bus door. Knocked on the door, he came out, and she said, uh, I want to come in there and see what the hell you guys are doing. He's like, nope. He's like, we do a lot of stuff in here. He goes, we make music, we practice, we got meetings, and we do a lot of other stuff. He didn't want to talk about drugs. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> so he's like, do you got a warrant? She said, nope. He goes, well then, you can't come in here. Now leave us the fuck alone. Close the door, walk back in the bus. So now these knuckleheads are coming on stage, they're getting ready to go to stage, and the cop stops them again right before they hit the stage. Yeah. Who's Rick James? I'm locking him up tonight. He's going to jail. Uh oh. So uh -oh. the saxophone player came out, I'm Rick James. And the other dude came out, I'm Rick James. And all the bands, I'm Rick James. Oh. <laughs> so they couldn't, they didn't know who he was, so they went on stage, and Rick grabbed the mic. He's like, ah, so some cop lady out there wants me to, uh, Want to lock me up because I want to smoke this reefer right here. He pulls it out <laughs> his fucking his hair, his braids, lights it up on stage, and he's like, "You gonna let her do it?" And then the crowd's like, "No!" He's like, "I can't hear you." He's like, "No!" He lights up the fucking joint on stage. Yeah. And goes in with the show, bro. Damn. So he's a bad motherfucker, man. Um, mm -hmm. That's the the second record. So what we played is Street. What was that Street Games or? I can't see it. I know, so I'm messed up. Street songs. Uh, Give it to me, baby, and Super Freak. Super Freak. Right. And what we were talking about, Super Freak, how MC Hammer, ah. yeah, he asked the band about doing, taking some loops and shit from the songs. They didn't know, and then they come out with that song, uh, Can't Touch This. Yep. Du, du, du. Right. That's it. <laughs> we got a winner. So Rick was pissed off. He's like, that shit don't even sound good. What the fuck's he doing? He used my whole damn song. Right. Um, and meanwhile, Hammer's banking off of it. So, you know, the whole lawsuit went down. Uh, they had to pay Rick James royalties for every uh, album that was sold. And that was a lot of records. No, sold was that the reason then. why he got went bankrupt? Who's that? I doubt it, but that was the reason Rick James got put back on the map. <laughs> money, and then, not only that, he, um, what do you call it? He, besides that, he was like, then he changed his tune. He was like, oh yeah, like I love the way sampling how I create. You know what I mean? He just got paid, that's why. That's why. He's like, I love it now, right. shit. I know the sample get me paid like this. Right, man. So yeah, it kind of like when that came back out, it kind of brought back the Super Freak song and shit like that. So, um, yeah, man, Rick James, bro. Uh, James. What else was I gonna talk about? Oh yeah, yeah. So this is a thing that Rick James used to do too, man. When he used to be all uh, when they used to get together and party and shit, right? So they all be in a room and Rick James would be in there. He have a big ass handful of cocaine. And he would throw it in the air. He goes, this is for the moon gods. And threw it in the air, right? Yeah. And it'd be coke 
flying through the air as an offering to the moon guys. Oh, shit. And uh, everybody would be like, what the fuck? So they, he would watch the room when he did that. Uh-huh. And one dude would be trying to collect all the coke. Right there, he knew he kicked that motherfucker out the party because he knew he wasn't there for Rick James. He was just there to get fucked up. Yeah. That's how he tested loyalty in motherfuckers. And like, Are he, you kidding? Yeah. He was a real like spiritual person like that. He was like, oh, this motherfucker's greedy. How are you going to take something that ain't yours? I just gave this until the universe you know what yeah. I mean oh the, the shit quote unquote moon guys so yeah man like that's how he would peep the game he would peep the room and shit to see who was like you know with him yeah yeah man um he was a crazy motherfucker dude they were I seen heard some shit about when they were in Studio 54 how this couple came in a supermodel white chick she came in and was like I wanna fuck him right there and it was the, uh, the want to say it was a saxophone player from the Stone City band. Okay. So he was like, hey, I didn't give a fuck. He pulled his dick out and started fucking this chick, man. Oh, wait. Right. Studio 54. There was a third floor or something. That, that's where all the shit would be going on. Orgies oh, yeah. and shit like Yo, that. Yo, come on, man. Um, yeah, yeah, everything went, everything crazy went that shit, place. dude. Yeah, oh, but the Super Freak song. Remember I was telling you the story about it. So Rick always dressed like a, a cowboy. You know, with the white cowboy hat and the fucking yeah. tassels and shit. Right. So when he was driving around, they were staying at this hotel. They seen, he seen these two white chicks uh, dressed in the same way he would dress. Cow, white cowboy hats, leather yeah. fucking boots. So he yells out the window. He's, he whispers something out the window. I guess he told them the name of the hotel they were staying at. Yeah. So when they came back to the hotel, these two chicks were already in there waiting on him and shit. Dang. So, you know, they got busy and shit. He called the desk upset. He's like, hey, man, this stuff can't happen, you know. But again, he didn't get, he was partying with these females, man. Getting them all coked up. Banging them. And then that next night, he wrote the song about super freaks. He said them chicks were super freaks. Very freaky. Girl. Right. And boom. Put that song out. Okay. Don't take no to mom. Right. And he didn't even like the song, dude. So it was like, it's funny how some artists have that song that they don't care about and that's the song that blows them up and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. That or the other way where they make a song but they sing it so much they get tired yeah. of singing that shit. They're like, right. oh, I didn't play my song. Right. I'm playing this song already. Right. Um, and then there was another thing, too, when we were talking about... You, did we talk about MTV and shit? How? No, we didn't get. We didn't even get that far yet. We just... Right. In the 70s and the early 80s right. with Prince and shit. So, yeah, when Prince was... We didn't even get to that motherfucker doing all kind of other crap. Right. Oh, my God, this one. So, he... Um, I'm going to kick back here and listen. Go ahead. He, um, yeah, he was, he was kind of pissed off at MTV because when Prince did the interview and shit like that, he was, finally gave an interview to MTV. And at the time, they weren't playing a lot of black music on MTV. They played Michael Jackson oh, yeah. and Prince. So so Rick James gave an interview and felt like they were the token black guys for MTV. And he was like, how come they, they ain't playing no Rick James music? And that kind of fucked him over on winning a lot of Grammys and shit because yeah. his music was hot. Yeah. But they just weren't playing it on music television. Right. But so you'll see Prince all day and Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson all day. So, yeah. He and was, Rockwell. Rockwell. Rockwell was under uh, the Motown label. Didn't they just, that was Barry Gordy's nephew or something they said. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And he knew or has, he he knew Michael Jackson, Rockwell. Right. Some way, shape, there, I guess he's from Gary too, I mean. No shit. I think so because the interview I heard 
was saying that he was a, a, a childhood friend of Michael Jackson's. Hmm. So, if that's true or not, I don't know. We'll come back to that. <laughs> right. But going forward, yeah, um, talking about how Rockwell uh, kind of stole, stole some of uh, Rick James Thunder and shit, no shit. coming with, with that, that song, uh, and how he was it. he was uh, helped by Michael Jackson get that song situated. Right, so was that that was Michael Jackson on the hook of that song? Who's exactly, that's what I'm talking about. He was involved with that song, yeah. But I never hear no credit about that though. Like, I mean, you know it's him, but you mm -hmm. never hear. Yeah, no he credit. did. He all he did was uh, uh, what like the background vocals or some right, right, shit. Right. Yeah. Oh shit. Yup. Yeah. So. Um, what else? Uh, speaking of Rick James, oh yeah, there was a time where they were in this mansion. They had rented the mansion out. To record some, uh, to record an album, and I guess Jim Brown, the the football player, his daughter was there, right? So Jim Brown busts in the house looking for his daughter, and Rick James knew that he was there. Jim Brown's here, and he fucking took off, left, man, scared as shit, like <laughs> he was afraid fucking Jim Brown was gonna whoop his ass. Oh, speaking of the A team thing, get to that about how Mr. T really didn't care for him because he went to. Uh, Rick James' trailer, and, you know, he's smoking reefer in there and shit. With Murdoch. Murdoch, yeah. That cat Murdoch. Oh, he was smoking weed, too, with Rick James? They were chilling, yeah. Oh, my in the God. the trailer. Well, see, the fucked up part is this, is that Mr. T was, was under the limelight, and he was doing no drug campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that uh, Say No to Drugs and shit like that, that Ronald Reagan campaign. That was all that right. Reagan, Reagan era and shit. He was down with that, whatever, but... He addressed it to Rick James in the in the in the in the, the trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, asking him, you know, can he not do that here? Right on the property. You know, and then going forward, he addressed it and said, you know, this ain't gonna work out with him. You know, Being in the show, in the show. Yeah, yeah, and how he was, and you know, this and that. But there was, there's more too. We'll come back to that as far as the the A team show. Right, uh, and he did a show with the eighteen, right, right. And I think the idea was to get that video he did glow, yeah, on the eighteen eighteen show. Right, right, right. But they wanted originally they wanted him to sing Super Freak. Yeah, like, and he didn't want, want to talk about Super Freak. I want to talk about my new right. song. Right, see, we we're talking about that. Right, right. Fucking <laughs> a, a team. Oh my god. Yeah. So they did. Um, they did that. They did a video. And then it took him like five, four or five times to do the takes. Yeah, he he's not a good actor. Right. But he was talking shit about Prince. So yeah, how exactly. many how many words he say in his right. movie Purple Rain? He was like he didn't even say nothing. He was quiet all the time. He was and he's like, you think Elvis Presley is an actor? He's like, Elvis Presley ain't no actor. He said he had ten sentences in the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's super crazy, man. Um, Rick James, bro, what a fucking legend, rock star, bro. Oh, yeah, there, there's still more. Oh, We're not even done. No. Even, um, <laughs> Where was I? Where was I? Where was I? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, okay, so the appearance of Puppeteer Day 18, his subsequent album release, released failed to sell as well as their predecessors. Um, and we talked about rapper MC Hammer Sample, right. Super Freak, in 1990, Can't Touch This. But it, it won 1991 Grammy Award Best R&B Song. Oh, shit. Yeah. Early 90s, uh, James' career was hampered by his drug addiction. 
right. and was embroiled with legal issues. In 1993, James was convicted for two separate instances of kidnapping and torture. Oh, I'll get into that after we take Woo! I got the, the... I'll do the overview. Yeah, you go into the details. I got the, the dirt on that. We'll talk about <laughs> that more. That's crazy as hell, too. James was convicted for two separate instances of kidnapping and torturing right. two different women while under the influence of crack cocaine. Right, he was freebasing. Yeah. We'll talk about that more. Burn motherfuckers with the goddamn the crack pipe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Straight, yeah, this motherfucker was all so, off that head. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's fucking nuts, dude. Oh, man. Um, you want to talk about that now or you want to play some music? Or? No, 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 no. I wanted to go back to uh, what, what we were talking about before you brought that up. About him torturing those chicks or whatever. What were we talking about? Oh, so there was a time, like, that's kind of tripped out that he got all hooked on these drugs, like freebasing, because at the time he was a big uh, Sly and the Family Stone fan. Yeah. And I guess they were doing a show or they were on tour with Sly and them. Yeah. And him, and I want to say the, the, the keyboard player, the saxophone player from Stone City Band, I wish I knew their names, man, but he, they went to go walk in the, uh, to go to visit him because he was a big Sly fan. Yeah. And they knocked on the door and nobody answered. So Rick James like, I'm Rick James. I want to walk in there. Fuck yeah. him. He's like, I want to see my idol. Walked in and Sly was in the corner. Crack pipe, free and cocaine, all fucked up. Yeah. And didn't even care that Rick James walked in the room. He just was doing his thing. He and was he, like, he, oh, okay. <laughs> he closed the door and he told old boy, he was like, look, I don't, he's like, whatever happens with us, I don't ever want that to be us. Don't ever let that happen to us. And look what happened. I mean, that fucking yeah. last dick, man. Woo! Fucked him up, man. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Shit, you <laughs> talk about crack cocaine. Crack cocaine this ain't even powder. This is rock. Right, so that <laughs> shit was taking place, the crack e epidemic, and the same time, I guess, he was coming out with the records and shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. Though, yeah, those records were shit. Right. It, wasn't, it wasn't doing good. His, uh, his career was going down. Right. Uh, well, um, James released on parole in 1996 from Folsom Prison. He did three years. Right. He would have did more. Yeah. He would have did life if he would have got convicted for the uh, for the the torture and the shit like that that they, they didn't accuse him of because old girl, we'll get into it, he was with at the time, took the rap for it and shit. But we'll get into that later, man. Um, so right now, let's get into these other two records, man. Um, what have we got here? Busting out of L7 and uh, Cold yeah. Blood. Yeah, we'll talk about the album covers. I yeah. Was, I was noticing some yeah, shit, yeah. too, yeah. So, yeah, man, um, we'll be back below the surface. Below the surface, yeah. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs>
enough to understand what I'm saying to you. Now get on this, baby.
that was my claim to fame With every measure Tasted your teardrop stains, yeah You were cold as ice Long ago I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> All right, we back. We back below the surface, y'all. Below the surface. Just play a couple more tunes uh, off the Cold Blooded album. That's the Cold Blooded album. Busting out L7. Busting out L7. Right, right. Damn, yeah. So when we're we're playing tunes, I was telling him about there's like um, if you're into Masonic uh, symbolism and shit. Like I, I noticed a couple of things on like this busting out L seven, so like the L seven it makes a square, so like if you see the album cover, we'll take pictures of it. Yeah. You see like these uh, red squares on these pillars that look like watchtowers and shit. So like if you're into masonry or if you have some idea of masonry, I I just have a look. I don't even know if this is even the truth or not, but you know, other people talk about like the the. The two pillars and how it represents, like uh, um, 
the Masonic uh, symbolism of the two pillars, and then like in this album, uh, the moon with uh, Rick James in the middle. Right. So that can represent something if you you know about uh, Masonic sim symbolism and stuff like that. See, it it can, it can be deep, like with the red. Uh, the red squares and how they right. have seven makes a square on each each uh, each tower, so it can represent uh, columns or or pillars. So like it, it's two pillars and then they represent two different uh, ideas in itself, and right. that that gets into to right brain left brain, uh, duality yin and yang and all that other stuff, you know. But this is this is the symbolism that you may see if you're into that. Right. Uh, to the uh, busting out L7 album. Here, let me talk. That's about crazy because I never even noticed that. Like, I just. So, like, here on the Cold Blood album, like, I'm show Why am I showing this up like this? But I want to show <laughs> you. Um, so, like, you have the, the pyramids. Right. Right. But you have one going up, one going down. Right. right. So, like, um, hermetic or, uh, yeah, hermetic uh, symbolism is that, like, the as above, so below concept. And then the red and the blue actually mean something. Going back to the Masonic symbolism with the two pillars. Right. There's also like, so they have, uh, Masons, they have like red, red lodge and blue lodge. I mean, all this stuff you could look up on public, as public information. I, I don't know. This ain't, no, this ain't nothing uh, mystical or, or, right, or right. secretive or nothing like that. I'm just telling you just stuff that I see here that, that shows some kind of, uh, you know, symbolism. Like I said, with this right here with the pyramids. Right. And then on the other album. And so. that's just odd how that's just on the album cover. It's just him and the two pyramids on the album. Cover. Well, then here, look at look in his his um, his jacket, right? The sleeve. I'm sorry. It was like this is a symbol of unity. So the symbol he has here. Unity. So he's he's into symbolism. Right. So uh, don't be surprised. This is Masonic symbolism. There's a circle with a triangle, right. and then a line in between the triangle. All right. So then he goes on talking about. It's a symbol of brotherhood and sisterhood on this planet Earth. You know, it, it, it is the same unity that unites day to night, uh, uh, black to white. So that that is, is uh, some uh, symbolic language that he's using. Excuse me. Uh, going on. Uh, it is love, laughter. It is honesty. It is the joy. Bringing the joy it is the real always. It is harmony of a song and the same sorrows of pain that unite us all together. We are all the same flesh and blood in God's heaven. The circle is for planet Earth where we all must live together. The pyramid is a triad, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. So he's using that um, the, the Trinity concept upward towards heaven. You know, so yeah, he's into symbolism. So, so yeah, I'm not surprised even more now what you see on the front of uh, right, right. these covers have uh, a deeper meaning than what, what you're just looking at for face value. That's crazy that you noticed that. that that's mind-blowing. <laughs> Give me a little bit of a uh, different history. Yeah, well, it, it's it's things, you know, like I said, right, uh, right. Hidden, hidden in plain sight. Shit that you wouldn't know if you're not, like, into that type of shit, man. Like, you don't know nothing about that. But, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, I've seen, like, uh, pictures of the, the pillars and the... The arch and like stuff like, you know, right. like those uh, Illuminati videos, conspiracy videos. So, right, right. you know, uh, only only people that really know what the symbolism is, if they look into it, they'll understand even a deeper 
perspective of just what I'm talking about is just like Whatever. surface level. Rick James. Time for a drink. Right. So we were talking about, so the last song, we, we played a Tina Marie song too as well. We were talking about that already. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about the busting out L7, uh, that Cop and Blow song uh, with the Stone City Band. I'm, yeah, Stone City Band. And then this Cold-Blooded record too as well. Yeah. We talked about that, and that's with the Unity song on there. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. And Unity is like the big song they were talking about in the Dave Chappelle special, mm. where he punched them in the head and left the imprint on the fucking <laughs> on his head. You gotta talk about that. Come on, so man, yeah, Charlie there. Murphy, um, Eddie Murphy's brother, they Dark hung out. Ass. Right, you know they hung out together, Eddie Murphy. Then so Charlie Charlie Murphy obviously tagged along, uh, hanging out with uh, Rick James and shit. Mm-hmm. Which Dave Chappelle did the skit, uh, right. True Hollywood Stories with uh, Charlie Murphy, <laughs> which I actually watched last night just to get a little bit of a, a thing, man. But yeah, it's super funny, man. Um, it talks about Charlie Murphy and uh, Rick James always fucking punching each other, which we heard the story with Mike Tyson, where he first yeah. met, yeah. He <laughs> met Mike Tyson and shit. He's like, yeah, you know, it's Mike Tyson and shit. He wanted to meet Rick James and Rick James, you know, big right. at the time. And he was like, yeah. He goes, man, if I was a fuck, I'd be a boxer if I wanted to. Yeah. You know, most people just fuck around with Mike Tyson. they throw a couple blows, like, fucking around. Like, no, nah, Mike, Rick James started no. slapping his ass. Wah, Rick James, wah, Rick James. Started slapping Mike Tyson. Yeah, he was slapping Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson was like, stop, stop, stop. You know what I mean? Just, Wrong tiger. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, he slapped, apparently he slapped Charlie Murphy in the face. What did the five fingers say to the face? Slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> and you know, and then the whole fuck your couch shit and whatnot like that. Fuck your couch. <laughs> right? <laughs> fuck your couch. Yeah, oh my God, dude. Well, right now, Dave Chappelle's got that whole thing with Netflix and HBO airing his special, and he never yeah. is not getting any money for it. So he's asking everybody not to fucking watch that show. Um, I watched it on YouTube. But anyways, they're talking about, um, you know, Netflix ain't paying him. He never got paid for that shit. And uh, so right now it's a big whole thing with him trying to get paid. I think HBO and him worked out a deal or something. So it's still airing. But Netflix took it down. I don't know if it's still on there. I don't pay for Netflix, so I don't know. You know what? I think it's gone. Right, see? But on HBO, it's still on there and shit. If you want to check out that Rick James episode. Um, yeah, man, I might throw a couple inserts in the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is like, that, that's, you know what I mean? That kind of put Rick James back on the map for nobody that knew about Rick James, you know what I mean? Right. Talking about that, you know what I mean, all that shit. And those catchphrases, those are oh legendary. Oh my God, I'm Rick James, bitch. And he said that at the, Gra- was it the Grammys, at award show? The 2004 right. BT Awards. Right. He performed the rendition of Fire and Desire with Tina Marie. Right. Yep. <laughs> and then that's when he was like, and just for the record, he's like, I'm Rick James, bitch. You know what I mean? Hilarious shit, dude. Uh, what were we talking about as well? So, yeah. Um, so this fool, man, then he started getting hooked on the fucking, the crack, man. The crack. The crack, the crack pipe, free basin. So I guess he, uh, what is it? He started dating this uh, 
this this girl Tanya Azaji in the summer of ninety one. And it was in LA and that's when they kidnapped that person. And it was said that she was tied up and they kept burning her with the crack pipe and performing, forcing her to perform sexual acts and stuff like that. So they're basically a sex slave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is a quote. What I'm going to read is according to Wikipedia. Okay. So it, it snowballs and, and adds on right. and correlates. So by the 90s, James, Rick James' drug abuse was public knowledge. Right. He was heavily addicted to cocaine and later admitted to spending about $7,000 a week on drugs Jesus. for five years Damn. straight. $7,000, dog. I'm going to make that a <laughs> Look at um, James and his girlfriend, Tanya Haji. Was, Haji, yeah. His Haji were accused of holding 24-year-old Frances Allen hostage for up to six days, tying her up, forcing her to perform sexual acts, right. burning her legs and abdomen with a hot or crack cocaine right. pipe during a week-long cocaine binge. So they got locked up, but they posted bail, right? So after they out on bail, these motherfuckers again under the influence. Under the influence, um, music executive. Music executive Mary Sauger at the St. James Club and Hotel West Hollywood. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty hours they had this music executive. Yep. Beat her. Had a kidnap and beat her. And beat her. Yep. Held her hostage for twenty hours, out on bail. Still doing the same Still shit. Still doing shit. <laughs> and then that's when he served that two years in there, which we were talking about. So here we earlier. go. James was found guilty of both offenses, but was cleared of a torture charge that could have put him in prison for the rest of his life while serving his five-year sentence at Folsom Prison. Right, Folsom. James yeah. lost a civil suit at Sauger, who was awarded nearly $2 million in damages in 1984. <laughs> James was ordered to pay her about $1 million the whole town, a private security firm, found liable for nearly seven hundred and fifty thousand in damages due to Damn. negligence. So he was released from serving no more than two years. Jesus. So after he did, when he was doing them two years, uh, they say he kind of became like he was like in a monastery. He was like in prison by himself. Nobody mm. came to visit him. Right. A lot of the band members didn't want to come visit him. Because he's didn't an wanna... asshole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to. Egotistical. Right. I'm Rick James. I'm Rick James. Right. Who talks to themselves in the third Tell person. Him, yeah, get the fuck out I'm of here. I'm Rick James. I do whatever the fuck I want. You're all fucked up. But they didn't want to see him like that. They didn't want to see him locked up like that. Like and... a caged animal sort right. of Right, and I understand that. Um. So after he did that two-year sentence and shit, he comes out. And they're talking, they have a meeting with Stone City Band, and they're going to put out another album, they're getting ready to get together and do yeah. shit like that. And they call Rick up, like, Rick, what's up, man? And he's all like, you know, yeah, man, uh, I'm ready to do it. He sounded like shit, though, Right on the phone. And he was like, come on, man, you know, we got to do this, man. He started laughing, and he was like, I'll be ready. And, you know, when they hung up the phone, mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, man, Rick's sick. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to make it. Yeah. And, you know, his fucking drugs got him fucked up. And not too long from then, man, they, he fucking, they found him in his, uh, in his home. He had cardiac arrest and passed away. Yeah. With like nine Health or ten. Health problems, yeah. And all that, and then nine or ten different drugs in his system. 
Methamphetamines, crack cocaine, all that. He suffered a, a stroke in 1998, See? blood vessel rupture in his neck during a concert. Damn. Um, hip replacement surgery to repair damage done from jumping around on stage from substance <laughs> abuse. <laughs> yeah, this motherfucker is crazy, dude. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Um, on the morning of August 2004, James Caretaker found him dead in Los Angeles' home at the Oakwood Toluca Hills apartment complex just outside of Burbank. He had died of pulmonary and cardiac failure associated with various health care diabetes, stroke, Damn. pacemaker, and heart attack. His autopsy found, oh, man, I can't even pronounce half of this shit that's in his body. Right. And cocaine right. <laughs> in his blood. Means all kinds of shit. However, the coroner stated, stated none of the drugs or drug combinations were found to be at levels that were life-threatening in and of themselves. So. That's it. I mean, and then to come to find out, Prince would die years later. Yeah, only his arch nemesis, right? Only like a, to be a year older than Rick James. Well, he passed away. When he 53. passed away, yeah. And Rick James was fifty-two in it. And Vanity passed away. Vanity passed away. Fifty-two, fifty-three, some shit like that. Yeah, so that's that's. But she was in the church. She wasn't wilding out like these fools. Right, shit. right. Like well, she flipped the script one eighty and just went straight. Right, you know. It just goes to show you, man, like, these rock stars and these, these fucking musicians, man, it's like, they get into that drug shit, and it's like, it's not enough, and you just keep wanting more and more and more and more. Well, I could tell you from just being in in a, in the DJ community, DJ in Chicago, that shit is free, bro. Like, <laughs> it's all you want all day long. So, I mean, yeah, if they yeah. know you a rock star, all oh, about yeah, that, yeah. you don't pay for shit. Even you in get, the local bars, like when I was DJing. You get drunk, yeah. you, get, you get free drinks, free, free food, drinks, yeah. free drugs, free ass. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that that's, so that's even, a lifestyle. Even when I was DJing at the little bar and shit, man, like, that was offered to me. They are like, yeah, man, you know I got to take care of my DJ guy, man. Is it coming in the bathroom? Because I knew this dude sold weed, man. So uh-huh. I was trying to score some weed. <laughs> he had some bomb kill. It was called like right. Purple Blue. No, Blue Bullfrog or some shit. OGs he was selling me. So I was like, man, I got some off him. This shit was loud, bro. My pockets were screaming. And the owner at the bar at the time, Bill. Shouts out to Bill. He was talking to me. And at the time, we didn't really have this relationship like we did. At the end, when I was DJ at the bar, like yeah. we just had this relationship as I'm a DJ, he's yeah. the owner, yeah. and I know this weed screaming in my pockets, bro, ah, yeah. screaming <laughs> like I'm a fucking loud, bro. And that's what I thought. He said he was like, well, "Come meet me in the bathroom." I thought he was gonna bring me off with a nug. Nah, man, you fucking do have lions laid out on the fucking toilet. There you Come go, on, bro. Nah, man, I'm cool on that shit, dog. But like you said, in the DJ community, a lot of shit's offered to you for free, man. Music yeah. in general. Yeah, so... <sighs> I smoke weed a lot of places people should You know, or right, don't, right. you know. But you're, you're a lot of places, like, oh, man, God. Yeah, uh, you're, there's it's so many people, there's, like, security can't even do anything about it. You know, no, there's just... They don't give a fuck. You're at parties, there's just way too many fucking people in security do a goddamn thing, so you're just like, so you know it just it's right whatever. so imagine a tour bus like you do the world is right yours. so the world. you know it ain't just weed it's coke pills fucking nitrous all kind of crazy right. shit you know so it's you know and people get 
too much into it where they, they get lost. Right, and, right. And the sad part about it, like, now I'm getting into a sad part. No, um, talent is wasted. That's right. the point. Right, talent. To some extent, you know. Um, a lot of good musicians that could have been and had done more. Right. You know? It's true, man. A lot of great musicians. But... Like I said. Well, he left behind a lot of good music. Good music, good stories. hell of stories. Hell of stories <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, he will be missed. I mean, we could go on and on and on about this guy, the stories. There's more stories. I told you. I showed you right. what I There's know. There's a hell of stories. So, we, we, man, we could do if a you want to hear two, more about three. him, like a lot of the information I got, go on YouTube. And it's called uh, The Tour Bus Stories of Rick James. And they got a bunch of them. They got... Bootsy Collins, they got Parliament, they got this dude. Yeah. I was listening to a conversation about this dude named Johnny Paycheck. Yeah. A country singer. Uh, crazy motherfucker, too. They got stories about him. And the guy who well, does it is... crazy story, bro? Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen, see? You know about Gigi Allen? No, we, we'll look him up. Oh, my God. We can do okay. stuff about him. He's Let's insane. So the guy who does these these... He does animated... Conversations is Mike Judge, who's the same dude who does Beavis and Butthead. He puts out those tour bus uh, stories, and he had all this shit about Rick James. That's how I learned about it. It's very interesting stuff, man. Good shit. So, yeah, check that out. Mike Judge talking about Rick James, Bootsy Collins, James Brown, Parliament, and Johnny Paycheck, which I don't even know about, but I like to... It intrigued me. It caught me. Um, also, the link. So you were talking about um, real Rick James stories with that dude. What was his name? Oh, I got it on my phone. Hold on. So, he's from Chicago too. No he was shit. saying he's from Chicago because we were listening to that story about right, Mr. Right. T and Mr. shit. Mr. T. And he's the one who talked about uh, what you call it. Um, he talked about the whole Barry Gordy movie and shit. The, yeah. the Last Dragon, the A Team episode. Look that. We should post the L. It's a capital K. Arsino for life. So, Carcino for life. There you go. If you with want a, more with, Rick, a, with a numeral four. Numeral four. If you want more Rick James stories, you can check out that link. Yeah, um, there's like 20 videos. And they're all long. We'll try to pull up the A-Team episode and put that on YouTube. If they got on YouTube and put that on the, um, the link too. Yeah, he talks about the, the old dirty bastard story. I guess that's sexy, sexy. Oh, yeah, We yeah. didn't even get into that. No, we didn't. I don't even know about this one, uh, uh, Rick James and the Princess, and the Buffalo Ranch story, see? <laughs> see the that? volleyball story, the MTV story. There's so much stories about Rick James. He left. He he left behind, like you the said. The alligator story. Yeah, you talk about bringing the alligator on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the We Are the World. Was he on We Are the World? I don't even know. I don't know. But we could get more into that. We'll do a part two. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a part two. Um. But yeah, man, super dope show, man. On the closing, uh, like I said, shout-outs to Marcus Austin for doing that intro for us. Shout-outs for anybody else that sends it in tonight before I start editing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do an intro for the show. You'll hear it. You probably already heard it when you're listening to this. Um, I'm going to add a few more songs in there as well. Probably play some M Mary Jane Girls, uh, the Eddie Murphy song I added in there. Um, just want to give a big shout out to Master Groove, man, for Master hooking me Groove. up with the, the hip-hop no, spinners worldwide t-shirt, man. That's silkscreen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know what it is. It's dope, but it, it's super dope, man. It's, yeah, it's a real nice It's print. comfortable. 
I got graffiti print. He sent me a bunch right. of stickers. Oh, that's too. a milk crate with records yeah. worldwide. That's what's up. So shout outs to Master Groove. He does the custom slip mats. Holler at him. I seen some of the stuff he's done. It's dope. I'll be ordering some slip mats from him pretty soon. Um, shout outs to Dave Morris, Torrance, and Dylan Medina Dylan over Medina. at Hip Hop Vinyl Spinners. Man, Hip-hop always plugging yeah. them. That's what's up. They're always plugging us. Uh, Check out their YouTube page. They got a lot of dope uh, DJ acts. Like I, I know we talked about on the last show. Where they got a lot of sets, live sets. Me and Rick are going to start working on some live sets. Yeah. With him uh, beat juggling and me freestyling pretty soon. And we're going to send it to Dave to uh, put up on the Hip Hop Vinyl Spinners. Ha. Yes, sir. It's coming soon. Uh, big ups to my homie Righteous over there at Anna Music, man. Um, we got some hot shit coming out pretty soon. Uh, shout outs to Ponyboy from Los Marijuanos, man. Yeah. Let me send a shout out to. I'm going through my Facebook links and you know, <laughs> so Yoda Rock. Shout out to him, my shout boy Pickles. Uh, Manuel Dalva, Manuel Mixing Out Dalva, Javi Hav, Chris, Chris Beavers. Yeah. Uh, Ponyboy, we said Ponyboy. And that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, man. Um, shout outs to my homie Jason Bormans, man. He's supposed to come out here. Uh, so we can go digging pretty soon. Yeah, I gotta go digging. Yeah, man. Shout out to Josh at Region Records, man. Region Records, that's where it's at. Uh, he's got another side of the store where this guy, uh, I think his name is Danny. I met him today. He uh, sells vintage stereo equipment, dude. He's got a Technique MK1200 there that I'm very interested in. And I think I might purchase it next week, maybe. Oh, uh, see? Or at least drop some money on it so you can hold it for me. But that motherfucker is sweet. It's never been DJ'd on or scratched on before. It's in pristine condition. And it's got the shell case on it. Oh, nice. With yes. No stickers, just straight clear. Dang. But yeah, man, great show, dude. Um, I can't say much more about Rick James than we already said. I mean, there's, I know there's more. <laughs> we got a whole thing you can check out on, on the video on the YouTube. Right. There's a whole thing I just we just mentioned. Right. right. I know there's people probably right now listening like, oh, they didn't talk about this or oh, they didn't talk about that. Yeah. I'm just happy we were talking about it during. We, we played playing. some cuts. Yeah. We talked a little bit about it. You know, we did what we could. Like I said, you know, we just uh, bringing music to y'all, things that we like, stories that we we picked up, we know, right, right. and you know, we just presented to y'all. Right. And the thing I was telling you about during the breaks is like, man, it's funny how we did this whole show yeah. and we barely brought, brought up the Dave Chappelle right. skit. So that's just telling you how much more shit that, that I didn't know that's out there about this crazy fool, man. So. I wish more people would come out with these stories with this motherfucker. He is nuts. Man, he's crazy. He's a crazy dude, man. So, and the uh, rest of, oh yeah. Rest in peace to Ecstasy from uh, Houdini. Houdini, man, who passed away today. Yeah. And there was somebody else that passed away too, man. I don't remember. I think he was from a rock band or some shit they were talking I don't know. about. I didn't see anything. Else. I heard about that at the record store, you know. Mm-hmm. Record geeks up there. Oh, hell yeah. You know, they're hip to everything. On this day in 1992, right. you know, such, such album came out. Oh. With all that being said, man, I'm... Thanks to everybody. Yeah, thanks for the listeners. Listeners. Um, you're the best, man. Uh, I'm Dirtbag Johnny. I'm DJ Rick Rock. And as Rick James says, to the moon gods. To the moon gods. And, and for the girl backstage. And for that girl backstage. Make, make it publicly clear. 
Never mind who you thought I was. I'm Rick James, bitch. Hey, boy. Would you meet me on the roof tonight? I got a surprise for you.
Mm-hmm.